Well, we are finishing up our Advent series this morning, which is hard to believe. Um, the series, A Childlike Christmas. The sermon uh, topic this morning is rejoice. Rejoice like a child this Christmas. We focused on the aspects of children and how they view and experience or how they behold Christmas and how we ought to behold Christmas and the coming of Christ with the same childlike wonder and belief and hope and now today joy as children do. I can honestly say I've enjoyed going through this series, preparing it and preaching it. I love Christmas. I love talking about Christmas. And there's certainly uh, been some years where I struggled to get into it again with the same childlike wonder I had always experienced. But I'm grateful that these past couple of years that wonder and joy has returned. And I know that some of you might be thinking and saying on the car rides home or at lunch after service, something like, man, Tony sure has talked about being nostalgic a lot. I wonder if that is real or if he's just kind of playing that up for the series. And he's talked about J.C. Penney Christmas catalog, Sears Wish Book, and stuff like that, but it's not like he's buying that stuff. He's just kind of like building this up. And, I, and let me say, I, I get it. I get where you are coming from. There's certainly a wide spectrum of levels of nostalgia, and I don't mean to leave anyone out as I talk about my own nostalgia, sincerely. Maybe some of you don't experience nostalgia at all. Maybe some of you suppress those feelings. Maybe some of you experience it sometimes, but nothing that feels like a big deal or anything to talk about from the front. Maybe there's some of you who experience it often and intensely at the sight or smell of something that's significant or even insignificant. I give you that. I give you that there are uh, there's an array of experiences in God's good creation. But, but seriously, if you are critiquing or judging the height of nostalgic experience on something silly like talking about catalogs versus buying them, then sure, I submit to you that I am absolutely that kind of nostalgic. <laughs> Definitely that kind of nostalgic eBay is a wonderful, wonderful place, okay? Now, how many of you honestly are thinking right now, can we just wrap this up and let us look at that catalog? That time will come. If you want to see it, you're welcome to. It was a joy to share with my children this week and let them see it and experience uh, what I've been talking about. But let's get into the sermon. I brought that this morning because of how many joyful memories there are surrounding, probably for many of you. If you are my age, maybe a decade or two younger, you experience the joy of getting a catalog like that and going through it 
and all of the anticipation and all of the rejoicing that would surround that. When it came, there would be rejoicing, sitting down, going through it again and again and again with joy. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Rejoice like a child this Christmas. So let's read the text. Go ahead and stand. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this blessing of coming together. And Lord, we of all people should be people who rejoice in this season. And not in this season only, Lord, but in our lives as we consider what this season means. That you came, that you came to us. I pray, Father, for our hearts that there would be genuine joy, gratefulness, gratitude that overflows in rejoicing for who you are and for what you have done. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Well, consider for a moment the aspects of Christmas for children that bring joy to them or that cause them to rejoice. Decorating the tree, sitting on Santa's lap, eating candy, eating cookies, baking cookies, discovering presents under the tree on Christmas morning, tearing into those presents, and on and on and on. And those are legitimate and wonderful reasons for a child to rejoice. And we delight in those things. There's joy in those simple things. And as we consider Christmas and Christ, we have legitimate and wonderful reasons to rejoice as well. Three of those reasons to rejoice we're going to look at from the text today. The first is this, rejoice because He is mighty. Second, rejoice because He is merciful, and third, rejoice because He is Messiah. The text we're looking at is Mary's song, the, the Magnificat. Mary has been told by an angel that she's going to be pregnant with a child by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And to give her some assurance, the angel tells her that her relative, Elizabeth, who's been barren, will also bear a child. And the angel says, for nothing is impossible with God. So Mary goes to a town in Judah to visit Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth hears the voice of Mary when she enters the house, the baby inside of Elizabeth, who we find out is John the Baptist, leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and Luke 1, verses 42 through 45 says that she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So Mary is in awe. For good reason. Imagine hearing those words from Elizabeth. The mother of my Lord. Imagine experiencing that. Mary, when you came in, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Mary is in awe for sure, and she responds with this beautiful declaration of praise. Verses 46 and 47, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now, this is the direction we're heading this morning, that like a child, we would rejoice in Christ, that we would magnify the Lord out of that joy. And we see in the text there are reasons for Mary to proclaim this, reasons for her soul to magnify the Lord and her spirit to rejoice in God, her Savior. Verse 48 begins with four. My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for, and what are those reasons? First, for He is mighty. Rejoice for the Lord is mighty. Now, this is repeated throughout the song, verse 49. He is mighty, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. You consider this as you think about God, as you think about Christ coming to this earth, this child that Mary is carrying inside of her is the mighty God come in the flesh. God is mighty. The Scripture says He is almighty. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Psalm 65, verses 5 through 8. By awesome deeds you answer us with 
righteousness, O God, of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the people, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. All of those things and so many more are because God is girded with might. Philippians 2, 6 and 7 says, though he was in the form of God, the Almighty, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now, honestly, we could continue to read verse after verse after verse after verse after verse that speaks of the might of God. We should rejoice like a child this Christmas because the Lord is almighty. Verses 51 and 52, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. The reason for rejoicing continues here, boasting in the might of the Lord. He has shown strength with his arm. How? In so many ways. Creation, the flood, provision, protection. And Mary sings that he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. You've heard me say before how difficult it is to preach or to speak to someone about pride because most often the people who need to hear it won't because they're prideful and they think the message is for someone else. They'll nod along. But God doesn't have that concern. By His might, He scatters the proud. And He is so mighty that He brings down the mighty from their thrones, Mary sings. God is mighty, and just like Mary did, we should rejoice. We should rejoice like a child this Christmas, for our Lord is mighty. Whatever it is we are facing, whatever it is we are going through, we know that the one who is in control, who is sovereign over all things, is mighty, is almighty. Second, we, we should rejoice like a child this Christmas, for He is merciful. Mary says that the mighty God has done great things for her. That's a significant statement. He who is mighty has done great things for me. And that's most certainly true. He has chosen her to carry the Christ into the world to nurse the Christ, to teach Christ, to raise Him, to love Him, to nurture Him. 
is amazing. But we can also say and have assurance in saying that the mighty God has done great things for us. You can say me at the end of that verse just like Mary did. Why? Because He is merciful. There's probably no greater reason to rejoice this Christmas than the the reality that God is merciful. What does that mercy look like to Mary? Why does Mary rejoice at the mercy of the Lord? Verse 48, He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Such a wonderful perspective for her. It's, it's in a sense like Mary is saying, who am I that the Lord, the mighty one, would look on me, would give thought to me? I cannot imagine that Mary didn't feel overwhelmed at the thought that God, the Almighty, would look to her to carry His Son into the world. He's looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Brothers and sisters, you should rejoice like a child this Christmas because of His mercy. And even for that very reason, Ephesians 1.3 says of you and of me, if we are in Christ, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God the Almighty did that because He is merciful. He looked on you in your humble estate. He thought of you in your humble estate and blessed you in your humble estate. And who is this mercy for? Verse 50, His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. We see throughout the Scriptures, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Christ and His mercy will be on you. The second half of 52 through 54, and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to His offspring forever. He exalts the humble. That's mercy. When we consider God in all of His might, when we we consider Christ in all of His might, the one seated on the throne that Isaiah looks in Isaiah 6 and says, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, and and His description is these angels calling one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. 
that that God who deserves that worship would exalt the humble. That's mercy. James 4, 6 says he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, Mary proclaims. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. I never ever want to be a person who grows tired of speaking of or rejoicing in the mercy of God. Psalm 86, verse 15, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Rejoice like a child this Christmas because God, the Almighty One, is merciful. And lastly, rejoice like a child this Christmas because He is Messiah. The thing we celebrate at Christmas is the truth that the Messiah, the Christ, has come. The gospel teaches us that those two truths that we have said are reasons to rejoice this Christmas, that He is mighty and that He is merciful, they come together in this one man, Jesus Christ. His might and His mercy come together in Christ. How? This is what Mary is celebrating. There had been longing. Longing for so many years, so many centuries for the Messiah to come, for the one who would come and deliver his people. Waiting, praying, weeping, exile, fear, longing for Messiah. Longing to be delivered. When would the promised one come to rescue his people and save them forever? And here Mary rejoices that she is the means by which God's might and mercy will be revealed to the earth. For God's might and mercy will be revealed most evidently through Messiah coming. Consider why we ought to truly rejoice this Christmas, how His might and mercy are fully displayed in Christ. Messiah is the one who comes to deliver His people, to deliver you, to deliver me. Those people that Jesus lived among and taught didn't fully understand how that would happen. They, they, they saw only a need for might. A king who would come in power, a military type of coming and conquering their enemies. But that's not what Messiah was. That wasn't the Messiah that was promised. So Christ the Lord, Messiah, comes to save through forgiveness of sins. And that can only come through sacrifice. Not just through declaration, but through sacrifice. Only Christ is mighty enough and merciful enough to accomplish salvation. 
to accomplish true deliverance. Only Christ is mighty enough to bear the weight of our sins in Himself on the cross. What, what might does that take? The might of God. We cannot imagine the weight of God's wrath for our sins on one man, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. We can't imagine the weight of that. Might and mercy displayed in the person of Jesus on the cross. Jesus is the reason we ought to respond as children this Christmas and always because He comes, God in the flesh, almighty and merciful. And He willingly lays down His life as the only one ever who could embrace the wrath of God for your sins and my sins. And with mercy, He looks out and says, Father, forgive them. Jesus is why we should live in wonder like a child considering the mercy of the one who came to us. Jesus is why we should live with humble belief like a child, remembering what He accomplished in His body on the cross. Jesus is why we should live with unending hope like a child, knowing that He has made a way for us to be forgiven and to live with Him forever and ever. Jesus is why we should live rejoicing like a child. that He came for us, knowing that He who is mighty has done great things for you, has done great things for me, that His mercy is for you and for all who fear Him. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. I think that's significant because we are people who tend to forget so easily that we have so much reason to rejoice. And I think it's significant because we live in a world where there are so many things that legitimately steal that joy and rejoicing. Hurts, difficulties, wins and losses. There are significant things that distract us from remembering, even in a season like this, we have all the reason to rejoice. And that Paul is reminding us, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because he knows the Philippians and we need that reminder. Rejoice. We're going to go into a time where we take the Lord's Supper as we always do. And as we prepare our hearts, let's focus on Christ, on Jesus. The psalmist writes, I go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy.
as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, as we consider His might and His mercy displayed through the cross and through deliverance, His body broken to deliver us, His blood poured out for our forgiveness of sins and salvation forever, can we say with the psalmist that we go to God, our exceeding joy? pray, Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, and we ask you, Lord, to help us. Lord, we genuinely want to be a people who rejoice, who don't just speak about what we believe about Christmas and about Jesus, Lord. We want to be people who display the truth of the gospel. People who wonder like a child as we consider that the God of the universe would put on flesh and live in the same broken world that we are walking through. That we would believe like a child as we consider that you lived a perfect life in this world that we struggle through every minute. That we would hope like a child as we consider, Lord, that you died the death that we could never have died, suffering what we could never have suffered and overcoming the way that we could never have overcome. Hoping in the resurrection that brings life to us as well. Lord, that we would be people who rejoice always as we consider you and all that we have in you. We pray in Christ's name, amen.